movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 185. This past weekend was San Diego Comic-Con, alive and in living color, back to the sweaty masses. Did it deliver after the long wait? In short, no, but there's still a lot of <laughs> there is still a lot of good stuff to talk about. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about all the the good things, the bad things, and everything in between. This will be your full rundown for the most for the most part of all the important stuff that went down at San Diego Comic Con 2022 this past weekend. But first, Josh, how are you doing tonight? I'm chilling like a villain, my dude. We just had a uh, storm roll through, so it pushed us back a little bit and. Like, legit, like, it shut all the power off, and I texted you right away. I was like, um, uh. <laughs> but it, it's been a, it, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good week so far. I uh, finished a couple books, a couple of books. I, I finished a couple graphic novels this past week, and then I am, uh, if I keep up the pace I'm at, I'm going to finish the book I'm reading uh, this week. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Ooh, watching anything besides book covers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm watching them book covers, not what's inside, just watching the books. Um, I actually, like, I had a, it was weird. I saw uh, a reel that was making jokes about the um, Helm's Deep scene, where they're like, oh, I can get you a box or I can describe it to you. And I was like, you know what? I haven't watched The Two Towers in so long. So I watched The Two Towers, you know, casually watching a four-hour four hour movie. As you um, do. Yeah, I should, casually. Um Gosh, I, I love that that movie so much. Um, and I don't know. I was trying to think of the last time I'd watched it. Um, I don't think I've watched it as an adult, like, in a long time. So I was like, it was really weird because I can't, I, I can't remember the last time I watched it. But, like, I was, I say that because there was all these, like, little details that I don't remember being there. But, like, I was like, oh, I never noticed that. Oh, I never did. Like, like throughout the whole movie. And I was just like, okay. Maybe I need to go reread the books. I, I this is weird. Okay, cool. So it was it was a pleasant experience to say the least. Uh, I have not been watching anything really. Uh, I was kind of just busy keeping track of all the Comic Con stuff this past weekend. Uh, yeah, and get my car fixed with some stuff. Uh, but I discovered since Heather and I have Discovery Plus, Heather to her credit was like one of the early adopters of it, like before the Warner Brothers Discovery version, everything else. Like, she's had Discovery mm. Plus since it launched. I discovered recently that they've got all their old Travel Channel Halloween specials on there. Ooh. And I'm going, well, there goes my free time. Let's find <laughs> the 20 scariest attractions or 20 most Halloween attractions in America. Because, you know, I have the money to visit places. <laughs> but I'm just yeah. like, oh, that that's how you know. You knew it was summertime when Travel Channel starts busting out their vacation specials and you knew it's yeah. halloween time when travel channel starts busting out their spoopy specials so yeah I, i'm i'm quite content and uh horror nights just dropped their frequent fear passes so i'm finally gonna be able to get those when i have the money uh, <laughs> which will be second start of the right and straight on till never but hopefully <laughs> at some point I know the feeling though, man. Like I just uh, got my own phone plan. Like I'm a I'm a whole adult now, man. I'm really proud of myself. Um, we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, yeah, I, money money's tight all around. I'm just happy. Like yeah. while it while Comic Con was kind of disappointing, some really cool stuff still came out of it. Yeah, out of everything besides Marvel and DC. <laughs> yeah. But before we get into our Comic-Con stuff, we've got some regular 
movie news and some pretty exciting stuff at that. Starting us off with they finally released the Halloween Ends trailer, the quote unquote final Halloween movie with Laurie Strode, Michael Myers, one more time. And boy, was this thing the definition of a teaser trailer. That being said, I'd rather have an uber teaser trailer than the Blumhouse staple that is a great first trailer and a second trailer that basically gives away the whole movie for free and insisting, yeah. oh no, we didn't just give away all our plot points. And then you see the movie, you gave away all of our plot points. I still remember the Black Christmas trailer that basically like gave away the entire movie. Uh, I like this Halloween Ends trailer. It does kind of pique my interest because we're hearing very interesting things about halloween ends of this will be a very different halloween movie uh people within the cast are just like there's definitely going to be some people that don't like it and i'm going what direction are you going to take with this because i'm fine with a lot of different things halloween has tried many different branches um i'm not as worried about it as other people and be like it could ruin halloween yeah you you new to the franchise all those people <laughs> that complain about halloween kills quote-unquote being bad did you not watch some of the Halloween sequels that there are? Like five, six, Rob Zombie Halloween. Um, like <coughs> yeah, there's, there's bad, not yeah. there's bad Halloween movies already. So like, I, I'm <laughs> I'm naturally gonna be excited for this because it's Halloween. I like the spot in the trailer where Michael. Well, it could be Michael. I don't think it is Michael when someone opens the door thinking they got the drop on somebody and Lori's there just with a gun pointed at their face. I'm like, that's awesome. Also, I really like the callback. I don't see a lot of people bring attention to it. The nice callback to uh, Halloween H2O with Michael trying to shove Lori's hand in the garbage disposal. Yeah. Like, that's a callback to eight. That's a callback to H2O when, uh, what's his face? The horny one tries to yeah. like, he drops something in the sink and you think his hand's going to get caught in there. And it's a fake out. And then he turns around and sees that, god awful cg michael mask uh i'm down for this i like it i'm i'm more just curious what this quote-unquote new direction will be and they've said that this will take place like in real time so it will have been four years between this and halloween kills so i'm, I'm kind of curious how they'll approach that i don't i know they'll address covid i don't particularly want them to i i kind of feel icky yeah. about that i'm just like just can we just leave like that alone we go to movies to escape real world stuff that's why we like horror is they're supposed to be reflective of the real world not like actually symbolic of it um but i i'm at least intrigued by this but there's there's more to dissect with this but we'll dive into that in a little bit josh what did you think of the halloween ends teaser trailer yeah no I'm, I'm i'm kind of with you on on i would prefer a great teaser than a decent trailer as opposed to blumhouse's uh usual giving away of everything uh, but it, I, I, there's a lot that I really like, a lot of callbacks to other movies. Um, I'm also curious as what this different ending is, because, I mean, we've had Michael be a supernatural being. We've had Michael be the product of a cult. Uh, we've had Michael be uh, really weird and have a kung fu fight with a uh, with a rapper. Like, I don't know, like, what different ending they're thinking we're going to be having here. So it, it's it's going to be intriguing, to say the least. Um 
yeah like for anybody that said i agree though i hadn't thought about it before but like anybody that saw kills and was like oh that was not a good halloween movie it was like bro have you have you seen rob zombie halloween 2 yeah i was no? gonna say like people okay. can dislike halloween kills that's totally fine i totally yeah. see where people could not like it even me i'm just like it's somewhere in the middle but to say it's the worst in the franchise that's a little bit of a stretch because halloween has been through the ringer now i think this is mild spoilers but i think it's more of you can observe it for yourself in the trailer. I said, I don't think that's Michael that opens the door that Lori's mm-hmm. aiming the gun at. Because they purposely, like, show the person opening with the, with their hand. With their left hand. Remember, Michael got three of his fingers shot off by Lori in Halloween 2018. And they kept yeah. that continuity. They even keep the continuity within this trailer. Because when you see Michael and Lori fighting in the kitchen, when he's, when she stabs his hand with the, the knife, he's back to just the thing, just the few fingers that he does have. So they're keeping that bit of continuity. So I don't know. Maybe this will be more like a psychological thriller. And that's why... They say it's different of, like, maybe what the effects yeah. of a murder could have on a community is, as opposed to the murderer themselves. Uh, I don't know. Supposedly, from some things we're hearing, Michael Myers might not be the main antagonist, and it might not be as much of a final showdown between Laurie and Michael as we might hope. Which, again, I have fine with whatever, so long as you tell a competent story. My main question has been, ever since Halloween 2018... If we're trying to quote unquote definitively kill Michael, how are you gonna uh, do that? Because we've tried different ways that seem quote unquote pretty definitive. We've chopped his head off. We found a way out of that. We set him on fire. We found our way out of that. Uh, we shot him like Shia LaBeouf in an SNL skit, and it sent him down river. He survived that. Yep. Uh, so I. He's been stabbed by Paul Rudd with syringes, and then we ignored that one. So, like, <laughs> are we going to chop his head off again? Are we going to blow him up? Yeah. How are we going to – or do we leave the door open somehow for more Halloween movies? I think this is, though – it almost sounds blasphemous to say. I can see this being the last Michael Myers and Laurie Strode story, but not the last Halloween story in that maybe they introduce a new killer as much as, like, it's always got to be Michael Myers. If they're looking for franchise longevity, passing the mask to somebody else, I don't know if I necessarily like that idea, but I could see that if they want more movies, because Blumhouse has said they would yeah. like to do more. They haven't renewed the contract yet, but looking at how much money this has made, the, the CODs would be stupid not to bring back Blumhouse for more. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I, I, I can definitely see with them bringing this to the real world with... Uh, it being in the COVID era, uh, this turning into a more of a psychological thriller, uh, because like, what's more terrifying about, you know, being hunted by a killer when you like aren't legally allowed to leave your house either. So it's like, you can't really run. I don't know. It could be, there's, I think as much as I hate bringing COVID into this, uh, I, I can see the potential for some interesting, interesting storytelling there. So, I thought this news was already confirmed, but I guess there's further news to add on to the news that is the Mortal Kombat sequel. We'll just call it Mortal Kombat 2, but I highly doubt that name will stick. They'll name it something cooler. Uh, But Mortal Kombat 2 
is officially a go, but more importantly, the original director will be making a comeback and will be doing the sequel. Um, Josh and I have been very open about... <laughs> I yeah. don't hate Mortal Kombat 20... Was it 2021? It had to have Something been, because like it, yeah. it had that day and date release. Uh, I didn't hate Mortal Kombat 2021, but I didn't think it was as good as it could have been, primarily because, you know... Cole Young sucks as the main protagonist and definitely felt like a studio note that had to be in there. But more importantly, for a movie called Mortal Kombat, you don't have the tournament at all. You have your characters talking about a tournament for a lot of the time. Um, I think the movie, it's not the director's fault for what it was. Because when we actually get Mortal Kombat stuff, when we actually have the fights... It was the best part of the movie. I thought there could have been more of it, but we all smiled like glee little children seeing, um, was it Kung Lao split Molina in half, basically? Like, okay, more of that, please. It's not, was it Molina? I don't know. All the Mortal Kombat fans are going to come after me. I, I don't know the lore. I'm sorry, but that was awesome. More of that, please. Um, also, can we have a tournament this time? And Cole Young is the first to die. Like, Goro, <laughs> Goro comes along and rips his arms out like the original. Like <laughs> It's like this big, like, middle finger to the studio. Like, we didn't want this guy! Leave us alone! <laughs> I do have one request. Actually, it's not really a request. It's, it's a straight-up demand. Like, if you want me to watch this, you teased Johnny Cage at the mm-hmm. end of the first one. Obviously, you're going to do that for the sequel. It has to be The Miz. Like, <laughs> there's no one else for the role. I know some people are like, it should be Ryan Reynolds. Um, You, you do realize, if they brought on Ryan Reynolds, that would be like 75% of the budget right there. Yep. Because, whoop! Ryan Reynolds is not cheap, and I'm not saying the first Mortal Kombat was cheap, but it wasn't the highest budget movie. It actually, they made the budget go pretty far for what it was. I didn't think it was the oh, highest yeah. budget. It looked pretty solid. The Miz is a much cheaper option. Honestly, I think he'd probably do it for free because he's wanted this role forever, but the man was born to be Johnny Cage. He's just a punchable douchebag. That's... <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not you're not wrong. Uh, when like the whole like like first batch of his career in WWE was like being the most annoying, and that was it. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, I personally am not that big of a fan of the idea of Miz doing um, Cage, but that's fine. It is what it is. Um, they're obviously going to go in that direction. I'm hoping for a tournament this time around. If, um, it's, if it's not the Miz. Okay. How okay. would you feel about the guy that played uh, Hangman in T- Top Gun Maverick? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, he's taller. He's like. He's a uh, dick. He's God. Yes. Absolutely. Actually, that might be my front runner right there, my dude. Like, God. Yeah. Screw you. Screw that guy. <laughs> like, Iceman was like at least like he was looking out for Maverick. He was trying. Oh, to, he like... was looking out for Maverick. Oh yeah, he was. Uh, but like at the he same time, he can be time, his wingman any day. <laughs> at the same time, like Hangman was just a prick for to be like just for that. So sake Han of it. Solo, 
Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, but like Han, Sol- Han Solo is like likable, so there's that. Again, if you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick yet, people, it's literally just Star Wars on Earth. Like, yeah. Han Solo, the Trench Run, th- just everything is very the mentor figure that's always only trying to protect the young student that he had a relationship with the father. Holy crap. I didn't make that connection until just now. It's just (laughs) star Wars. It's literally just a star Wars movie, but Mortal Kombat it's new writers this time around. I think the director is the same, but the writers are different. So maybe that makes a huge difference because visually and with the fights, I thought the Mortal Kombat movie was, was pretty decent. You just got to figure out the story and maybe actually, you know, make it a tournament this time around um introduce some other parts of the lore i will say though as much as i'm complaining about the story i know the mortal kombat games have really deep lore but it's never like they had the best stories around yeah like they started off as arcade beat-em-ups and only decided to add story later and story has always been overly convoluted to the point of only the diehards can really follow the plot lines really um yep so maybe they need to simplify some stuff, but like I don't know, make it an actual tournament. Actually, have a protagonist that's not nah, young. nah, 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 nah. In this story of good guys and bad guys, we don't need to have good guys and bad guys. We just need to have people that punch other people in the face. There's <laughs> Cole. Now that I think about it, Cole Young literally got grandfathered into the franchise. Because yeah. he had a descendant that was in the games. That's how you get in by proxy. Like, yep. oh, um, we want to save Scorpion for the sequels, but we need him for all the advertising. Literally all the advertising. But hey, it's not like Mortal Kombat hasn't just milked the images of Scorpion and Sub-Zero for all their worth and don't advertise any other character. It's a tale as old as time. The blue guy and the yellow guy. Whichever one you don't pick, your older brother's going to pick. Wait, other way around. You get whatever your other older brother didn't pick. Well, I mean, Sub-Zero is the better one anyway. I but mean, yeah. obviously. Yeah. he's. I mean, even in, like, the stuff that I saw in the trailers, it, like, he's just the cooler one. <laughs> the cooler one. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. I, sure. Let's do a second one. Why not? <laughs> we ain't got much else to do with our lives. Speaking of don't have much else to do with our lives, Disney Plus, so I have a theory about this next one that is totally 100% founded in reality. Aragon, that thing that everyone was going, oh yeah, that book that was famous for being written by a 19-year-old that in no way read like it was written by a 19-year-old. It got turned into a movie. And now Disney's going, what? Another young adult fantasy series? We'll make that into a Disney Plus series. We're already doing that with literally everything else. Percy Jackson, um, Artemis Fowl. We know how well that turned out. Now, Well, now Disney Plus is going, oh, the rights for Aragon were available. We'll scoop that up and turn that into a series. So here's my theory. A game theory? No, we actually... provide real content here oh all right (laughs) and don't just like talk out of our butts and hope that we're right we're also not nearly as pretentious but (laughs) tell me how you feel about that bro (laughs) jeez (laughs) he he used to be good he peaked and then got real cringe real fast like he's so cringe now i hate i can't stand it 
Um, but, and I think Josh might actually buy into this theory. And it all comes back to the boy who lived. The boy with the scar. So track with with me here, guys. I gotcha, I gotcha. When the Harry Potter books were coming out, they were an immediate smash success. And there was a bidding war between all the movie studios as to who was going to make the Harry Potter movies. Guess who was in the running at one point to make the movies? Huh. The Disney company. Weird. What happened? I believe the reason why Disney fell out was J.K. Rowling was demanding that all the actors involved with the project be British actors, which is actually a pretty reasonable request. One of her more normal ones out there. And Disney was just like, yeah, screw you guys, you can go home. All right, I'll go down the street and talk to Warner Brothers. And that made Warner Brothers billions of dollars. And Disney goes, well, balls, we're not going to make that mistake again. Fast forward a few years, and the theme park rights to Harry Potter become available and J.K. Rowling once again meets with Disney going, all right, we can have a Harry Potter park in Disney, but I need full control. I need to have final say over everything that happens in the park. And Disney goes, we don't offer up control to anybody else. We made that mistake once. Once. And now Iger's <laughs> gone. <laughs> but, this is before Iger, but you get my joke here. And so... The, the legend goes that after that meeting with Disney went so badly, J.K. Rowling just strolled her crazy butt right down the street to Universal, and Universal has been making bank with both Harry Potter lands, soon to be a third one with Epic Universe, ever since, and the gap between Disney World and Universal has shrunk to scary margins, but Disney keeps putting their head in the sand and ignoring that problem. I think Disney has never really gotten over the not once, but twice, but hurt that Harry Potter has cast on them. The spell that Harry Potter has cursed Disney with twice now. And so in a desperate attempt to make up for those horrible sins of bypassing Harry Potter twice or letting Harry Potter escape them twice, they've tried to scoop up literally every young adult fantasy story that isn't Harry Potter. Like I said, Artemis Fowl, they scooped up pretty quickly after the release of the Artemis Fowl book when the Harry Potter fell through, and that fell in development hell for the better part of a decade. Then the movie came out. It should have went back to development hell. Mm-hmm. I don't care. No matter what, oh, Artemis Fowl was the thing that exists. I feel so I bad because the it. books are so good. Uh. But they scooped up Artemis Fowl. They're rebooting Percy Jackson. They're doing more Percy Jackson. That's getting turned into a TV series on Disney+. Plus. I... Mark my words. If there's no forward progress on it within the next year or two, Disney will announce that they're doing a Magic Treehouse series for Disney+. Plus. Now I wouldn't got, be surprised. That now, actually works for them. Now we've got Aragon coming. I think this is more Disney going, well, balls. We messed up the Harry Potter thing. We're not going to let it happen again. They're stumbling a bit with Fantastic Beasts. If we keep trying, we will eventually find a fantasy series that will catch on with people. The problem is... Harry Potter had staying power. I don't think Aragon did. Like, I remember that the first one came out and, like, everyone read it. We read it in classes because, oh, well, it's written by by a kid. Isn't that really cool? Isn't that really special? There was a little bit of buzz for the sequels, whatever. Third one comes out, whatever. Fourth one comes around. And let's be honest. I don't know if it was just my experience. But there was only ever, like, one kid, the really quiet kid that read, like, everything, was the one kid that actually read the fourth one, and that was it. Everyone else dropped off real quick. Is there 
any anticipation for Aragon whatsoever, Josh, in your mind? Uh, I know nothing about the books. I never even saw the movie. Which I is, saw the uh, movie. Yeah. Uh, so the one thing I do know is I like dragons. <laughs> and honestly, if we're if you're gonna tell me that in this world where we're getting a new Lord of the Rings series, we're getting a Dungeons and Dragons movie, we're getting uh, Percy Jackson in the in the Lightning Thief series, bro. You're going to sit here and tell me that you're not going to give me a, that you're going to give me a series about dragons and I'm not going to get stoked for it, bro. Let's go. I'm excited. Like I, I, I would, I know nothing about it, but all I know is that, that um, it's another fantasy series and it's mainly about dragons and it's not Game of Thrones. So let's go. <laughs> to me, this just means, okay, we still want our own version of Harry Potter, mm-hmm. even though Harry Absolutely. Potter ended 10 plus years ago. We still yep. cannot let that go. Or, you know, it could just be the terrifying bald man going, IP, I see purchasable IP, I consume. Hey. And just it's <laughs> all available IP. We own the dragon now. Dragons are still popular, right? I don't know why I made... I don't know what that JPEG voice Bob is. Bob JPEG apparently is a really, really slow giant now, apparently. <laughs> fee fi fo fum give me all your coins. I don't know. That, I <laughs> give mean, me all your IP. Uh, yeah, it's there is definitely that worry in the back of my head when it comes to uh, Disney. Anything just, Disney, really. Yeah, the, the, they just do seem to be pulling a Netflix and purchasing everything uh i hope that it comes stuff comes out and i hope that it's good and that the ip is given the respect it deserves while i know aragon isn't necessarily for everyone i i hope that it's the source material is at least treated with the same respect as for the most part wb treated the um harry potter series lastly for our news we're kind of light on news this week but i think this is still very important to talk about because one, we talk about movies and TV, but we also talk about just the general entertainment landscape. And honestly, even if you don't follow the world of professional wrestling, this has to be some of the biggest entertainment news in the last 20 to 30 years. And that is Vince McMahon, the chief everything at WWE, has quote-unquote retired. Um, retired, resigned, depending on which uh, papers you read. Uh, if you're not following, this is not surprising, as it, the weeks leading up to this, um, it's not even so much allegations. It was just stuff has come out about Vince McMahon. Now it's come out that he was using company money to, yeah, because that was that came out earlier this week, which he vehemently denied before. He was using his own money, which still is icky. But Vince McMahon was using company money to pay hush money to female employees that he basically forced to have relationships with and then basically fired them. So yeah, that's all kinds of icky. But the sad thing is for a lot of us wrestling fans, we're going, yeah, it's gross, but we can't say we're surprised because Vince has always struck us as a very gross human. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But why this is important in the entertainment business is He's been the top guy. He has been literally the guy for WWE, the face of everything, good and bad, since the 80s. So without him, everything in this global empire changes. I won't say it's to the scale of, like, 
Steve Jobs leaving. But if Tim Cook retired tomorrow out of nowhere, we would probably still talk about it here because that's the head of a massive company that's runs a multi-billion dollar organization. So Vince McMahon has quote unquote retired, resigned. His statement, I read his statement to the wrestlers, which is super bizarre. He's just like, I'm 77. I can't believe it. OMG. And I'm going, oh, please, God, Vince, don't tell, me, don't tell me you actually say OMG. Because I could see Vince being the old guy that thinks he can still say OMG. But he is retired. Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan. We'll talk about Nick Khan here in a second. Are now the co-CEOs of WWE and Triple H has taken over duties as chief creative officer. Yeah, and <laughs> Creative. <laughs> <laughs> and all the people that know wrestling rejoice because if you even slightly know wrestling, Triple H is a very much different-minded individual than Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, he's got an ego, but he's not a gross person. He's also a lot smarter uh, I talked briefly about Nick Khan or tease Nick Khan. This guy kind of scares me. Not much scares me in life. Nick Khan does. So Nick Khan was brought into WWE by Vince McMahon like two years ago to kind of just be the new like second in command, so to speak. Since Nick Khan has taken over, he has single-handedly gotten rid of John Laurinaitis, who was Vince's second in command. He's gotten rid of Vince McMahon himself. He got rid of Stephanie and Triple H at one point. Now they're back in the fold. Nick Khan <laughs> basically went from a captain to the freaking general, basically in the span of two years. Like, it will never happen. But I would love a succession-style TV show off the drama surrounding WWE and the McMahon family. Like, it's so much more interesting behind the scenes and oh yeah, versus what's in front of the camera. Like, if you ever really want to know some, like, Game of Thrones-level stuff, Look up the relationship between Vince McMahon, Triple H, and Shane McMahon of, like, who gets the actual power? The birth son or the son-in-law? There's this whole interesting dynamic there. That act, that's super fascinating. Uh, but Triple H is in charge. And Josh and I say, hallelujah, we might actually watch again. Because <laughs> when, when Josh yeah. and I watched in our prime... It was when Triple H ran this thing called NXT, which was like the developmental brand. And oh my god, it was like night and day comparing NXT to the quote-unquote main roster, like the Raw and the SmackDown, what you see on main television. There was this weird thing like actually like wrestling, which was weird and world wrestling entertainment. Also, there's this thing called entertainment which was missing <laughs> in your world wrestling entertainment just the mindsets are very very different. very very different for those expecting overnight changes like oh i'm gonna watch SummerSlam this weekend and all the nxt guys are gonna go over triple h is gonna come out we are wwe and like completely change the landscape that's not gonna happen overnight but no. start to see some gradual changes I think could be very, very interesting. For Break this down for a non-wrestling fan, Josh, and why people should care about this, honestly, huge shakeup in the entertainment industry. Yeah, I mean, like, so the big thing, I think the difference between um, Vince McMahon's mindset, when and, and this is as someone who 
has been removed for the past couple of years, really, from the wrestling landscape, both physically and just mentally. I just don't care in general. Uh, the big thing to keep in mind here is that uh, other brands, other wrestling brands like AEW, like ROH, like uh, Impact, have actually started to put out some really incredible content, some incredible shows with some incredible wrestlers and characters. And uh, it is now no longer a time where WWE is the only slash the best wrestling brand, in my opinion. Um, so it means a lot. And I think some of my favorite things about nxt were the times when triple h where it was in charge of branding and of of character work and and uh, making all those decisions so i'm curious to see how it changes things going forward uh one of the big things to kind of keep in mind is when during the pandemic and it was the mass firing of 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 talent because vince had this terrible habit of he didn't want these wrestlers out on the indie tracks, you know, giving them competition. So they would, you know, hire them on and then put them, lock them down into multi-year contracts and then never use them. And so these, these guys would literally be at home, not being paid. Sure. But not being able to do the thing that they're being paid for. And also, uh, oh, I don't know that he shut down all their Twitch channels and they're not allowed to have outside income. And stuff. It's, it was all kinds of, of Vince, bad legal stuff. Yeah. Vince very much treated for if you ever really want to get depressed and you don't know WWE wrestlers in WWE are treated as basically like sideshow attractions. They are labeled as contractors, but they are required certain obligations. They are not treated as employees. They don't have health care. They have to pay for their own everything. So I am hoping with Vince and with Triple H in charge, that starts to, Triple H and Steph both raise in a locker room environment as opposed to, you know, the guy born and raised on a pedestal, so to speak. Um, yeah. So high above everyone, he doesn't see the problems of the people that he's supposed to utilize to the best of their ability. Um, but yeah, like they couldn't have outside jobs or anything else. Um well, he had to make all those budget cuts. How else could he afford that $14 million? Yeah, it's – there's all kinds of really – like, and obviously this is like the scope of this decision and the impact that it'll have. A, time will tell. B, it's I think a lot bigger than we're – than we ha really have time to break down or really have the energy to break down. But it, this, it's going to yeah. be a big deal. Uh, like you said, I don't think anything is going to happen like right away. It's going to be gradual changes. Um, I've got a couple friends that like that still keep up with the product. So I'm the end who also listened to the pod. Um, so we'll, we'll see. They, I'll kind of like reach out to them and see if they've noticed anything recently. But like so – Almost everybody I know watches more AEW than they do WWE. I, the closest I follow WWE right now is like, I will occasionally see something trending on Twitter of like a certain wrestler be like, okay, yeah, that's what they're up to. Supposedly, like last week, nothing was drastically different, but verbiage was different. Like Michael Cole said, welcome WWE fans, or which I'm going for all the normies out there going, yeah, he said fans. That's a huge deal. Like, supposedly, mm -hmm. like, everyone was much more relaxed. The commentary was much more relaxed. The wrestlers were free to speak more. 
Uh, I do think it's funny that when Vince McMahon announces his retirement, the stock price actually goes up and not down. Yeah, um, absolutely. It'll, it'll also be very interesting because Triple H is much younger, so he, mm-hmm. he connects better with talent, whether he can pull talent away from other companies. Like in AEW, there's certain guys. Um, Josh's doppelganger, who has this cop contract coming up with MJF, he is openly talked about going to WWE. Does that change now that someone else is in charge? Do names like Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns or John Cena, who will sometimes come back, are they loyal to Vince or are they loyal to WWE? Like, will they still come back if Triple H is in charge? Most importantly for me, as a video production guy, it is well documented the tension and hatred between Triple H and Stephanie McMahon and Kevin Dunn, the head of production Get rid of Kevin Dunn. Absolutely. Kevin Dunn was loyal to a fault to Vince McMahon. Kevin Dunn will be gone before the end of the year at the earliest. Kevin Bruce Pritchard was gone. He was a uh, Vince McMahon, like, suck up, basically. No, not Bruce Pritchard. Uh, Bruce Pritchard's still there for now. He'll be gone, too. Uh, John Laurinaitis is the one that's gone because John Laurinaitis also did horrendous things like Vince did. But Kevin Dunn is the guy that's responsible for the way raw and smackdown looks and is honestly uh, and i i don't mean this to be facetious is honestly the worst at his job and i don't know how he stayed as long as he has like you'll get a guy like cesaro who used to spin guys pick him up by the ankles and spin him it looked cool maybe don't rapidly zoom in and out like wayne's world the entire spin just a lot of the video choices that kevin dunn has done over the years i'm just going uh, what's that Eric Bischoff meme of Kevin Dunn, you freaking idiot, as he comes barging <laughs> into Gorilla. I'm just going, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's how we all feel. I, I look forward to the day that we don't have Kevin Dunn. It will never happen, but this this will rustle Josh's jimmies. That that should be a shirt. What, what even was that sentence there, buddy? Josh's jimmies. <laughs> Let, make it like a Josh's face on an ice cream shop. But this should rustle Josh's jimmies. What if WWE presented itself now with a new video director in a similar style as Lucha Underground? Bro, say less. You know I'm here for it. You know I, how much I love what Prince the Puma's first... back from the dead. I mean, he's te- I mean, is he still at WWE? I don't think he's gotten He wasn't at part of the big firings, I think, if no, I remember. No, Ricochet's right. still there. Yeah. You never know, man. We need another good character like Mel Muertes. Come on, my dude. Oh, there's so many. And I'm so happy that like Pentagon Jr. is and Phoenix, they're getting work over at AEW. I love that they're working with Pac. Oh, love me. Bro, if they bring, if WWE brings Neville back and uh, he's like, he's just continuing mm. his like King of the Ring uh uh, they just call, of, no, King, they just call him Pack. They keep the Pack character. Oh, dude! If they bring him back to WWE, I'm, I need my 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 Pack versus Finn. Like it, it'll it has never. I don't think it's ever happened. So I'm, I'm I need it to happen. Absolutely. Honestly, so heel versus heel matchups are really really hard to do because you got to have someone that you root for. But if say MJF comes to WWE, you get MJF versus Tribal Chief Roman who honestly is, like, so good on the mic now. Yes, he is. Because I – y'all, if you're not even – even if you're not a wrestling fan, look up the verbal sparring between a guy named MJF 
and CM Punk. Like, there's a couple lines in that that even Heather's like, oh, wow, that one hurt. Like, my, my favorite will always be in terms of just how do you emotionally recover from that? Uh, so MJF is, is a schmarmy, arrogant douchebag. And CM Punk has the greatest line I've ever heard in my life. Uh, he thinks he's special. He thinks what he does is revolutionary to the wrestling business, where in reality, he's just a less famous Miz. And we all just go, <laughs> just pack your stuff up and go home. Yeah, you will, you will never beat that. Although, to be fair, then MJF came back and goes, what happened to the CM Punk that I used to know and love? You just come out here preaching hustle, loyalty, and respect, and I'm going, ooh, eesh, buddy, ooh, God. Like, I just, there's, I think, to me, the sign, like, of Vince leaving, whether or not it was because of the, uh, the all of the stuff coming about, out about the hush money he's paid Oh, it out. absolutely was. Absolutely is, but him leaving is in, is a big deal and i think while like i can't say anything to the quality of the product right now because i don't watch um i think this does nothing but help the wrestling landscape as a whole the entertainment landscape as a whole because at the end maybe they'll stop trying to be taken seriously as like a sports entertainment which doesn't make sense just just be, do your thing you know what you are acknowledge yeah. it Exactly. As per usual, this week's episode is sponsored by T Public, your one-stop shop for all things Uncharted Media. Whether you want some new T-shirts, uh, hoodies, stickers, notepads, whatever you want with Uncharted Media designs on there, we've got a lot to choose from. Go check out the shop, support the show, and if you haven't already subscribed to us on whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, help us get to 700 subscribers before the end of the year. Honestly, we're making great pace, but if you want to help us contribute to that. You'd be awesome, and then you could hear us talk about Jar Darth Jar Jar at some point. Yeah! Now, Darth Jar Jar was not announced at Comic-Con this year. <laughs> and Boo. Honestly, that probably could have saved the event. Um, I got a bone to pick with Deadline, but we'll, we'll get into that later. Uh, <laughs> what? Why? Because what? I know some people are just like, well, maybe you shouldn't get your hopes up. Maybe if, like, actual news publications don't put that in with the rest of the article that is actually truthful, don't put that one piece that is not truthful and use just use speculation, don't put that in as fact in your article. But we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, we'll get to Marvel and DC stuff later, but I have it in my notes of, like, chronologically of what kind of yeah. – how it was announced starting Thursday, of course, at Comic-Con. It only makes sense to start off with Dungeons & Dragons. So, they show this trailer starring Chris Pine. And I'll be honest, it looks like if Warcraft was good. Like, Dude, I, I cannot, oh my gosh. I, I cannot, like, word how excited I was for for this for now now like because of the trailer the way that they're the way that their magic work like looks the way that that like they seem to be really sticking hard onto the lore and both as like the lore from the book but also like hey certain people have certain abilities because they're a certain thing like i love oh i'm just everything about this trailer made me so hyped for a movie that i was like 
eh, before. Like I, I'm so hyped for for Dungeons and Dragons now. It looked like it was like serious, but not fully. Like it was tongue in cheek. Like it was aware yep. that it was a Dungeons and Dragons movie, but honestly. The budget was a lot better than I was expecting. I w- I'm saying this as nice as possible. The budget looked a lot higher for a Paramount movie than I was expecting. Yeah. Because, no, I feel that. Because uh, Paramount's teetering, like, for sure. So it didn't really... Top Gun Maverick saved Paramount a lot. Um, yes, it did. So, so, like, this actually looks spectacular, both from a visual, but also just from a sheer entertainment standpoint. Also, like, Chris Pine just oozes charisma, so... Mm-hmm. Especially, not... like, long hair Pine? I did not realize that that was a thing I needed in my life, was Chris Pine with long hair. Uh, Alright, that did stuff that I wasn't, like, ready for, but... Josh God, is joining like... Josh is joining that very specific soccer mom group that's gonna go see this <laughs> this movie. You know there's a demographic for it, because you got Chris Pine and that dude from Bridgerton, so there's a very specific demographic that's gonna see Dungeons & Dragons just for that. Um, uh, but, uh, so, I don't know about you, but I'm gonna only see it for the owl bear. <laughs> I'm waiting to see the man bear pig. <laughs> man bear pig. Man bear pig. But it, it looks like fun. It looks like something fun and different and creative. I also think it wasn't an intentional choice, but I think this might actually get a boost from Stranger Things. I would not be surprised at all if there's been a renewed yeah. interest in the property that is Dungeons and Dragons because of that show taking such inspiration from it. I think Dungeons and Dragons has found a whole new audience because of that show. Obviously, it does its own thing, but it gets heavy inspiration from Dungeons and Dragons to the point of basically no villain in Stranger Things actually has an original name. It's all just yeah. borrowed from from Stranger <laughs> Things. So I think legally, Dungeons and Dragons could be like, hey, y'all like Vecna? Technically, Vecna's our main bad guy too because <laughs> we own it. Y'all like Vecna. There's nothing you can do about it. We we have Vecna. It, and then everyone can do the meme of, oh, but mom, I wanted Vecna. We have Vecna at home. And it points to the Dungeons & Dragons movie. <laughs> like, they could do whatever they want. They could have a mind fl- They could have a mind flare in there. They could have a Demogorgon in there. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do, just to capitalize on that Stranger Things phenomenon. Uh, this It feels like we've been hearing about this forever. It was originally supposed to Chris McKay. It's why he left the Nightwing movie. But again, I'm not bitter. And yes, everything does eventually have to come back to Nightwing, Six Degrees of Grayson, but it's this. It's a right angle. It's all, yeah. all roads. Every road leads to the Grayson. <laughs> all roads lead to the dick. Uh, so this. Uh... Knew that was coming. I knew that was unavailable. I was taking the high road. The nah, nah, moral nah, nah. high ground here. <laughs> if we know anything about me, it's the moral high ground is not like where I live at all. I'm down there with the furries, apparently. Um, so, By your yeah. own admission. <laughs> okay, I just, here's the thing, man. I think I've, there was not, I, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything in this trailer that I didn't like. I, it genuinely looks, just looks like a fun adventure. Can we, and like, we're going to get into it here coming up and a couple of the things coming I just need to say this out loud. Like, I am so excited for this seeming, like, 
renaissance of fantasy like television and movies like i just love a good fantasy josh is like, coming out of the woodwork going it is finally my time <laughs> y'all finally got on the comic book train now welcome to the fantasy world it's great <laughs> Like, There's just so waiting. much you can do Josh here. Been waiting in his obscure Neil Gaiman wings forever. <laughs> and what's so funny is I have I haven't read a single thing from him yet. I have one of his books no, on no. my reading list, but yeah, Josh we'll has talk been about over, him soon. Josh has been over in his Terry Pratchett corner, going, "Okay, oh, my God. time has come." Oh, dude. Okay, anybody like. <laughs> So we're uh, we're tangent about Terry Pratchett. You know he's considered one of the best writers uh, in Britain ever. But the only reason he the, like he's kind of uplift. I won't say that the only because he's a fantastic writer and his books are awesome. Uh, is he was never ever considered like a sci-fi fantasy writer. He wrote fiction, which is which is so okay. Anyway, that's like that's a whole video or day well, actually, down the road. um actually pushes your uh, own glasses up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you, thank you very much. But yeah, the trailer's fantastic. So, like for a, sh- a movie that I think both of us were very apprehensive about, like not even doing a teaser either. Like it was straight into an actual like pretty lengthy trailer. Yeah. So I was pretty un- I was pretty impressed, and I'm pretty hyped now. Obviously. Then next up during a I think it was just a generic DC Comics panel. Uh, DC revealed the worst kept secret in all the comic book industry and that is that the upcoming dark crisis crossover is actually a crisis on infinite earth sequel we're all going aren't all crisis events crisis on infinite earth sequels but but whatever sure i'm not excited but okay like it's written it's written by josh williamson how bad can it be he's he's a great writer but i'm going I don't like your current direction. You've killed off the Justice League. I know they're coming back, but I, I don't like most of their replacements. Uh, but speaking of killing off, Jim Lee <laughs> was a savage on the exact same panel. Yes, he really was. So, like, And you, you hit me with the actual quote, but like Jim Lee coming out and confirming that, uh, that the Snyderverse is in fact dead is absolutely hilarious. So like, it's funny because he gave a roundabout answer to a roundabout question because fans will always ask questions thinking that they're clever and they can like trick celebrities into giving away answers that they're not supposed to. So this fan asks... In the past, you've done artwork for uh, Zack Snyder projects like you did for Zack Snyder's Justice League, um, for Batman vs. Superman. Are there any plans going forward for you to do more artwork of Zack Snyder projects? To which, you know, that's implied of going, are there more Zack Snyder projects? And he's just like, no, I don't have plans to work on anything. I only work on stuff that's actively in development. To which I'm just going, Jesus, Jim. Like, there's a delicate way to put that, but that, like, <laughs> straight from the horse's mouth. Like, if Jim Lee is saying the Snyder, like, I'm not working on anything Snyderverse related because there is no Snyderverse to work on. I mean, I don't know what Got else em. to tell you. Like, Got him. Like, the fan tried to, like, to have a sneaky way of asking, are we getting more Snyder? And then Jim Lee in, like, a not as sneaky way, just going, I'll only nope. work on stuff that's an active element. Which, okay. I'll get more into this and when we talk about the DC stuff later, but going into that, Jim Lee did like this really cool artwork of like um, all the famous DC characters on like big splash panel advertising Comic-Con. 
like none of those characters had representation at Comic Con itself except for the Shazamily and Black Adam. And I'm going, What the heck? You made this cool artwork and you teased nothing. Um but yeah, Jim Lee. Head on over at Disney. It's just like yeah, but we kind of knew that was happening. Yeah. And everyone's like, restore the Snyderverse. Uh, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Zack Snyder, I'd rather him be happy, which is what he seems to be over at Netflix. He has much more creative freedom and autonomy. Say what you will about his Netflix stuff. He has freedom to do whatever he wants. Let Zack Snyder be happy. I think he's happy at Netflix now. Just just let it be. I think he's happy where he is. Good for him. Um, But then we move on. To something that did the impossible and actually changed my mind like 180 degrees. Yeah, absolutely. So Josh and I have been very on the fence about the Amazon Rings of Power series, the very much a prequel to The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Like it's set uh, in the second age, I think. Like it's young Lady Galadriel. Um, yeah. So didn't really know. They've shown like two teaser trailers before that and while it visually looked really pretty, I didn't get a sense that it was connected to Lord of the Rings. It felt very just generic fantasy that Amazon just slapped the Lord of the Rings name on, and I didn't really see how it tied into the Lord of the Rings mythos. Then they dropped this, frankly, masterpiece. Like, the very first frame of this trailer, of young Lady Galadriel putting the helmet on top of the other big old pile of fallen soldier helmets. I'm going, don't know what's happening, but I am immediately locked into this show and I immediately understand what this show is about. And then they get some, you get some more teases of, Oh, in reality, this show is about the rise of Sauron. The first time went back when he was still human, his rise to power. I'm going, yes. Okay. I'm on board, but the yes. the aesthetic of this trailer felt much closer to Lord of the Rings. Of Lord of the Rings, has just a very specific style and look. I know characters are going to look and act very differently because it's a different type in Lord of the Rings. That's super cool, but the the setting, I think, does a big part in making you feel like this is familiar to you, and I didn't get that from the first couple trailers. This one, I'm going, this feels like middle earth and i could not be more excited this trailer completely switched me around going this looks like must watch television this looks like a fleshed out lord of the rings series that i absolutely need to see now yeah no absolutely and i think it's really fun that there's a lot of cool stuff in the trailer so like first of all you we didn't know that this is like rings of power okay cool but you don't connect those dots as far as like oh in order for the rings of power to come around sauron has to come to power and then make those rings and then give them to people so it's like oh wow so this is like the rise of sauron like that's awesome like a super exciting and i love that they the, all the little nods to uh the stuff that's about to happen in the mines of moria i love that stuff i mean that we already kind of like when he the dwarves are talking like man we've, we we don't want to dive too deep the darkness might wake up or something something along those lines and you're like yeah bro like don't do that and of course they give us a great Balrog shot at the end but uh, it's still like of morgoth love it um but yeah like fantastic it felt like coming home to a world that uh, we know and love. I, I, I feel like the this is 
kind of more of an updated style. This is closer to what the Hobbit looked like than it was than like the Lord of the Rings. But again, that's also like because of the advancements of technology, things are going to be way yeah. different. To be um, fair, the 4K remasters of the original Lord of the Rings trilogy also kind of looks more like the Hobbit now in terms of its color grading, its visual style. So I think that makes it does it does make it more cohesive. So I get that. Yeah, no, absolutely. But like at the same time, it it this if the Lord of the Rings series looks one way and the Hobbit series looks another way, this brings a power stylistically kind of lands in the middle, and I really appreciate it for that. Um, so I just I'm excited. The more the, the for this trailer, I think got us hyped on a series that we were not really hyped about. Um, so I'm super stoked to see it. Uh, I it's kind of sucks that it's. I'm going to be on Amazon Prime, and I don't know how many people actually are going to watch it. But then again, maybe more people got got it because Amazon Prime Video, because of The Boys, because of In- Invincible and stuff like that. So who knows? So I think they also did a good job with this panel getting people hyped up because they had this panel at Comic-Con, and they had Stephen Colbert host it. Which Let's go. For those that don't know, Stephen Colbert is probably the most reigning expert when it comes to all things Tolkien, like – he probably, not probably, he does know more than Peter Jackson. He probably knows more than the show creators. And he was, like, grilling the people on the show about things in Middle Earth. They also, uh, this isn't being talked about nearly as much, and I think it's a huge detail. Howard Shore, the guy that did the music for Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, is coming back to do the main show's theme. So you know that's going to be awesome. But the main, like, the music for the show, besides the theme, like, there's just the episode-to-episode music, is going to be done by Bear McCreary. Which, for those that don't know, that's Josh Boy. Bear McCreary did the music for God of War. Let's go, baby. God of War's music is, oh, that fits that universe so well. Bear McCreary is a fantastic, I feel like he also did the Outlander series, which also has has really good music. So Bear McCreary, solid choice here. And you're bringing Howard Shore back? Just like, okay, I don't think I've ever bought a soundtrack for a TV show. Well, maybe Mandalorian, but... If Lord of the Rings is even half as good as the movies, I'm going to be listening to that on repeat a lot. Absolutely. Uh, so the next day, we get Marvel Animation. Um, they announced some stuff, some stuff I'm really excited about, some things that I'm very much scratching my head about. Uh, but they opened up by talking about Spider-Man Freshman Year, a project that I have been highly anticipating because it seemed like the origin of Spider-Man. Well, now that Spider-Man No Way Home has come out, I don't really need to know the origin of Spider-Man anymore because, surprise, No Way Home was the origin of Spider-Man. The whole trilogy was. Which, looking at the information that they presented in Spider-Man Freshman Year, I don't think they were made aware of the plan in No Way Home because I feel like this show has been changed to something else halfway through production. And here's what I mean by that. Spider-Man Freshman Year is supposed to be the the first year of Spider-Man, like, getting bit by the spider, uh, getting his powers, getting his suit and everything else. The stuff that we didn't see before Civil War, like his suits and everything else. But given the information that they shared on the panel, they keep saying it's his MCU origin, but there's a lot of stuff in this that looks like it could potentially contradict the MCU. So I'm just going to assume it's a separate universe, and they don't want to say it yet. Because I think it was supposed to be an origin, but then No Way Home came out and gave him a definitive origin. And they're going, 
well, balls. Um, we'll just retcon it to be another animated Spider-Man show, like Spectacular Spider-Man or Ultimate Spider-Man mm-hmm. or whatever else. So, like, stuff that got revealed is Charlie Cox is coming back to play Daredevil. Cool. Kind of figured No Way Home was the first time that Spider-Man and Daredevil had met, or Peter Parker and Matt Murdock. So, technically, Spider-Man and Daredevil could have met before, but it gets yeah. really complicated. Doctor Strange is apparently showing up. Doctor Strange will appear, which raises some timeline questions because spider-man first showed up in 2016 civil war and dr strange came out after civil war so um don't know about that one uh we'll also feature harry osborn doesn't that kind of contradict stuff because wouldn't the name osborn immediately ring some alarm bells in harry in peter's head in no way home again you say this is in the MCU, but you're, this is actively contradicting some sp- some stuff, especially because in the show, Norman Osborn will be Peter's mentor, not Tony. To which I'm going, there's there is no Norman Osborn on our our universe, or there there is, but there's no Oscorp, which makes the show kind of complicated. Uh, yeah, it, it it just can't be canon. There's too many inconsistencies. But maybe when they say it's set in the MCU, by the time this actually comes out in 2024, everything that Marvel comes out with is in the MCU somehow via multiverse shenanigans. I think that's that's their goal somehow is to say at some point or another, anything with the name Marvel is in the MCU by proxy somehow. And Sony will be off in the distance going, thank you. <laughs> uh, they've also already greenlit a season two for Spider-Man uh, freshman year called sophomore year wow give a race to whoever came up with that title uh also, i mean that's, talk- that's a that's a swing that's an easy that's an easy pitch yeah. though like all right we're gonna call season one freshman year what do we call second one ah sophomore i guess and then lastly before i toss it over to josh to get his thoughts they show some of the villain lineup which confuses us even more it shows scorpion doc ock um, and a couple other characters that I'm going, uh, are you sure this is set in the MCU? You are, you, you're kind of breaking canon here. Yeah. Only, only a little bit. It's fine. Uh, 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 uh yeah, they, I, I'm with you though. Like I, as excited as I am for this, do we know who's voicing Spider-Man? Is it not is it, Tom it, Holland? Because people, which got, is even more confusing. People got pissed. They're just like, "Why isn't it Tom Holland?" Well, Tom Holland didn't voice Peter Parker in What If? He didn't voice him in the video games. Actors don't normally voice themselves in animated TV shows. Y'all just got spoiled by the What If show. Like it, it's not a common thing. I. It gives jobs to voice actors. It's totally fine. I don't, I don't see that as a big deal at all. Um, it wasn't said in any of the official panels, but I am happy to see that while no Spider-Man stuff was officially announced for either five Phase 5 or Phase 6 yet, Feige did say in an interview, I think, with Brandon Davis of Comic Book, that he's just like, uh, we've got all these different things, and then we've got heroes like Daredevil and Spider-Man as our street-level heroes, to which that makes me go, okay, Spider-Man is still sticking around. You just haven't mm-hmm. officially announced when his next movie is, and he'll be a street-level hero. Perfect. Pizza time. That's what needs to happen in the next one. Um, but I, I'm more excited because the animation style and the artwork in it 
yeah looks oh, exactly yeah, like the 60s steve ditko and i'm just going oh my heart is happy because that that that's <laughs> my spider-man jam is those early 60s spider-man's like the og stuff that that art style that it just makes me happy he's wearing the sweater and everything it just it makes me all warm and fuzzy inside you know what also feels warm and fuzzy guts that's what zombies eats marvel ah. zombies my back hurts from the, from stretching that one uh marvel zombies they give a brief update on that and shocked everyone and said marvel zombies will be disney's first tv ma tv show like original show that they didn't just inherit from netflix to which i'm just going excuse me what? interesting tv ma i mean if you're gonna do it marvel zombies is the way to go because there is some dork stuff in there <laughs> like uh, Marvel Zombies is one of those series that uh, in comic books that if you're going to adapt it you almost have to go all the way or you can't really have it because there is some stuff in there uh particularly with Spider-Man and all the stuff that he goes through just like I mm, dude I, to me I'm gonna say I'm not surprised only because if you're going to do this project, you have to go MA. You, I, to me, it's one of those projects that, and not for like language or anything like that, but like gore, gore wise and like dark themes and like really troubling stuff that characters have to deal with. You absolutely have to explore that in this because of the content that you're, you're creating. I hope that since they're doing TV MA for this and it's an animated show, so you don't have to spend as much money as you would for live action, that this opens the door for other marvel tv ma programming mm. like say if they ever decided to do uh i don't know deadpool kills the marvel universe as an animated oh. series or punisher kills the the marvel universe as an animated series bro that's the one where he gets the planet black hulk, hulk? no but we already got planet hulk no we didn't right? no i know but I also know. If they did Planet Hulk as an animated series on Disney Plus, that gets around the universal legal loophole to do that. Mm -hmm. So, right. Feige, just pay us now. You're welcome. <laughs> well, don't worry. You don't have to pay us. We'll do it for exposure, like every other up and comer. <laughs> Jeez, I uh, yeah, but like it, it's definitely it's cool that they're like, hey, this is gonna be our first one that we didn't inherit from somebody else. Because isn't uh, Deadpool and Logan on there now too? Yep. It's so crazy. That's so wild. So then they also announced, what if season two is coming 2023 and I don't give two squirts a piss? What if sucked? Yell at me if you want. What if was a colossal disappointment? Like, oh, y'all, like, what if season three is already in early development? I'm going, I still don't care. You really do not use the show to your fullest extent. Every episode, I think, should have been its own self-contained thing and not leading up to a larger story. Because if it was its own self-contained story, every episode... You could actually go as crazy as you want. You could kill literally everyone and they would just do it. Actually have fun with it. And then just a quick little side tangent when they were talking about um, the What If show, which introduced the world of Captain Carter, obviously, to the mainstream audiences. Someone asked, was like, so was Captain Carter and What If the same Captain Carter that showed up in Multiverse of Madness to which the show creators were like, no, no. Our version of Captain <laughs> Carter would not have died so easily. We were going, <laughs> yeah okay sure sure jan because captain carter was such a dynamic character on what if like please <laughs> she would have stood no better chance and i'm i think it is the same character you just 
you don't like how that character was used in Multiverse of Madness. It, it was the same. Can't say I blame him, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, and then we got a little bit of stuff about X-Men 97, which is supposed to be the revitalization of the classic X-Men cartoon. It's coming fall 2023, and the team will be led by Magneto, which I think is interesting, but not surprising, because this kind of confirms me. I don't know if they ever officially confirmed it or not, but it was thought to be that the Professor X that we got in Multiverse of Madness, speaking of that again, was the Professor X from the X-Men animated series in live-action form. So, yeah, now that he's dead, limp, and gone, gone. <laughs> now does Magneto step into that role? Uh, so Magneto will be the leader of the X-Men, which is an interesting move. I'll be curious if they actually stick with the Multiverse of Madness thing of, well, it was connected to this. I don't know. It's it, Marvel's about to get very confusing real quick. But they also said that the villains will be led by Mr. Sinister. Good choice. Yeah, absolutely. They, they showed some of the artwork of like some of the characters that weren't in the show originally, and it it looks cool. I was I didn't really watch the original X Men that much, but I, we have some friends that do listen to the podcast that are huge fans of that original X Men series. So I I'm happy for them. That was it for Marvel Animation. Then we get to our Lord and Savior Keanu Reeves, <laughs> John Wick Four. I almost, like, forget that this movie's coming out just because it's been so long since the third one. That was, what, the before mm -hmm. times, so to speak? Um, <laughs> the before times. The back rooms. <laughs> what? The back rooms? Uh, the, the back... The, sorry. The back rooms is a, is, a, is a whole other rabbit hole to go down. I'm scared of your back rooms, Josh. <laughs> you should uh, be. The back rooms are another dimension you can fall into it anyway. Anyway, um... But Keanu is back as John Wick. <laughs> I will always get excited for a John Wick movie. Uh, this doesn't give us a ton of information, but that's because John Wick is still far away. It's off. I'm, I'm glad they didn't show too much. I'm still super hyped. Um, Wick is pissed, and there's no better John Wick than when John Wick is pissed. He's coming for the high table. If anybody's going to break that high table, by God, he that table is broken in half. That's the worst <laughs> JR, and I don't even yeah. care. Yeah, jeez, bro. <laughs> the problem is, like, I was going for a JR, but, like, didn't fully commit to it. So it just, yep. like, it's just an RJ at that point. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a bizarro I... JR. He's, he went to Texas instead. <laughs> so here's the thing about this trailer. It's awesome. It gave me the one thing I needed. Tony Jaw. Which was... Uh, the Donnie Yen fight. Donnie Yen, not Tony Jaw. Josh was like, bro, who are you? Josh would have needed to change his pants if Tony Jaw was in John Wick. <laughs> bro, wait. He, no, he's not. Never mind. No. I thought he's in Expendables. Tony, Tony Jaw got put in Expendables. So. Anyway, but yeah, like that that fight between Donnie Yen and uh, John Wick looks like it's going to be super cool. And I'm super excited. Honestly, like, uh, what was, I for, I for, feel like I saw like the director talking about it or something like that. And they're like, this is going to have very much like cowboy, like seven samurai kind of vibes to it. And I'm bro. Absolutely. I'm super down for that. Um, just like we're getting kind of away from what it seems like. It seems we're getting away from the New York aesthetic, which I'm super happy about. Uh, so we're going to get more of a, of, of like a, neon J japan tokyo kind of vibe and that is absolutely my vibe so like let's go like i'm super excited about about this movie 
I also would not mind like a feudal Japan of like a Ghost of Tsushima aesthetic of like yes. A- Honestly, it's just secretly a sequel to Forty Seven Ronin. It's just Dude, <laughs> just copy don't, that. No, se- no. Okay, look. Except make it good this time. I but, see. Like, okay, that so aesthetic of like John Wick in a kimono fighting alongside Lawrence Fishburne. Granted, it would feel a little too much like Matrixy. But since when has John Wick ever felt shy about acknowledging its Matrix references? Like, yeah, that's come very on true. Uh, <laughs> Josh and I, I'm sure, are still sticking with the theory that Winston is not the bad guy and is definitely keeping John Wick alive. Like, yeah, absolutely. he purposely shot him in the chest. He didn't shoot him in the head. He shot him so that he would fall off the building and land on everything else on the way down, not just fall splat. I'm, I'm primarily just saying this to reassure myself because I don't want to see John Wick fight the concierge because I don't know if I can emotionally handle the two best characters in cinematic history fighting each other. I don't want to see my two dads fight because <laughs> let, let's be honest. If John Wick is fighting the concierge, I'm sorry, but I'm rooting for the concierge because he's nah. the best. The concierge nah. I mean, took I, I care of John's you. dog better than John does. <laughs> That's not fair. The concierge like, is the one that pooped in John's lawn. Jeez. <laughs> I just, like, yeah, I'm super excited about this. I think uh, we have, what, one more John Wick movie after this? I think they said they're going to stop However at five. However many Keanu wants to make. I mean, that's fair. However uh, many fingers he's got left. <laughs> I'm just excited that we're we're going, we're doing a different location. I love that it takes us to a different locations. Like, this, to me, John Wick is the modern day uh uh james bond movies for me i I, to the the spies the assassinations the exotic locations i'm just just uh, just having a great time man now we get to the dc panel oh boy there was a dc panel that's crazy i will say of all (laughs) the things that i'm mad about it's weird to say but warner brothers and dc is not what i'm mad at and here's why Going into the event, they said, we'll be advertising and showcasing Black Adam and Shazam Fury of the Gods. They never said anything else. So they set the expectation right there. We'll bring these two movies. We have an hour block. That's it. It was Deadline that was running with the, they'll showcase Shazam, Black Adam, and there's buzz of a Henry Cavill appearance to talk the future of Superman. That's on Deadline. Deadline was reporting fact and speculation at the same time without clarifying that one was speculation, baseless speculation at that. So everyone got all up in a furor. The problem is, like, we've all got the boy who cried Henry before when it comes to the return of Superman. The problem is it came from Deadline, a source that should have known better to differentiate between rumor and fact. So, yes, I am disappointed that Warner Bros. didn't bring more stuff. But at the same time, I can't be super mad at them specifically because they didn't say that they were going to bring anything else. They never said we're bringing Blue Beetle. They never said they're bringing Batgirl. That movie about the Red Speedster that we don't acknowledge. They just said we're going to focus just on our 2022 movies with Black Adam and Shazam. Would I have liked other stuff to be talked about? Obviously, I need my Nightwing movie. Bring that, of course, into the forefront. They got embarrassed by Marvel straight up. And without a DC fandom announced for this year, which made me uber nervous, there's a glimmer of hope, though. 
because earlier today, the actual Warner Brothers Discovery Twitter account, like the verified one and everything, showed a couple pictures from Comic-Con just with the caption saying, and this was only the beginning, to which I'm just going, okay, are you planning a fandom? Yeah. But if you are, you probably would have announced it by then. Since your last fandom, you now have new ownership, which makes me think you aren't doing one. So it, there's a lot of stuff that's up in the air currently with DC, but again... I'm not super thrilled with the presentation, but I can't get mad at Warner Bros. DC because they they showed up with exactly what they said they were, and it was us that that got overly hyped. Let's talk about what was there. They opened up with Shazam Fury of the Gods stuff, which honestly, my excitement level was already through the roof for this movie, and then they show the trailer, and I'm just going, the only thing wrong with it is I have to wait till December to see it. Yeah, this, absolutely. This trailer looks so good. Actually, the only thing I had issue with was, what was with Zachary Levi's weird fake tan in this trailer? Like, he looked... <laughs> I'm not the only one that noticed that, right? He no, looks so no. overly tan in this movie. It looks kind of weird. I will say the new suits are awesome like it looks a whole lot less padded that looks like an actual suit but the the design of the lightning bolt and everything else i also think it's kind of a cool touch that since mary marvel has aged up a bit it's just the same actress grace fulton as human and god since they're Mm -hmm. more or less just adults both already Uh, i thought the trailer looked spectacular i i kind of popped for the fast and furious joke that was really funny visually it just looks really solid like it looks like david f sandberg got a bigger budget and stretched that dollar to every amount that he possibly could like the cg looks pretty solid although he pointed out one of his videos in the trailer there's a shot where shazam doesn't have a cape because they didn't finish the cg in time and i'm going thank you i think it's cool that you acknowledge that i thought this trailer (laughs) looked really funny i love the the continued emphasis on the family. I thought that was one of the best things about the first Shazam was the Shazamly, but also not just them getting the powers, but the whole message of the movie is the family is the one that you choose and very much just being a pro um, family of all shapes and sizes message. I thought that was super, super cool. Um, I'm just happy to see more of that. Zachary Levi seems to be having a ton of fun in the role. How is Jaiman Hansu back? as the wizard Shazam, didn't he kind of Voldemort and just turn into dust and disappear in the first one? But uh, <laughs> besides that, great trailer. Yeah, fantastic trailer. Um, there, I, I, I think there's some stuff that I needed explained to me a little bit, just to, who the who the two villains are. Why are there, why are they so terrifying? Um, what's with the giant staff? Uh, you know, like all these, all these little details. Uh, but I'm sure will be explained in the in the movie. They, gosh, the trailer is so good. I love that we're coming at this from a place that's like, yeah. So I'm a superhero, and I don't know if I deserve this, but like also I don't know, like who I am. Like I'm I'm still big scary superhero guy, but like I'm also like Billy, so I don't know how to rectify those and i don't know how to how those those mesh so I, i'm very curious to see because that's something i never really considered with billy batson and and 
the Shazam thing of him being like, no, like it's really weird because it's like being two people, but not at the same time. So like, and that's very fascinating to me, and I'm very excited. I'm I'm super super down for this movie. If I had a way too early prediction for Shazam: Fury of the Gods, it would be that by the end of the movie, Billy is the only one with superpowers. Yeah, I think. It's great having the Shazamly, but it kind of takes his special away. And I think that could be a really interesting story of, like, even without superpowers, they are still a superpowered family just by being together type of thing. Or only one person could... I think I like that better. Only one person could have the powers of Shazam at a time, and you could trade off. So, like, Billy tags in Freddy or something like that, and Freddy tags in Pedro, etc. I think that could be fun. I don't know if that's canonical or not then you get black adam which was a mixed bag a lot of good and a lot of bad because people were expecting a henry cavill thing so that cloud i feel like was lingering in the air for that panel more so than it was with shazam i think people were kind of hoping for some form of superman stuff but they were expecting it more with black adam because the rock has been hyping it up so much and after the black adam panel I feel less confident than ever before that Henry Cavill is coming back, but I'll go into more of that later. The rock knows how to electrify a crowd. He knows how to get people hyped up. So he starts the panel coming out in full black Adam costume, a la Tom Hiddleston a few years ago. Well, 10 years ago. Now, when I think about when he shows up to Comic-Con in full Loki garb to show the first Avengers trailer, he kind of did the same thing. Cool. Got the crowd hyped up. Also love that right after that, he immediately switches right back to street clothes for the rest of the panel. I'm like, that costume must be uncomfortable. Uh, So then they show a new teaser trailer, like a minute long. Just Black Adam talking about how his gifts aren't a blessing. They're a curse. The trailer looks cool. Um, It's really nice to have a Black Adam cameo in a Dr. Fate movie because that's really (laughs) what I'm going to see the movie for because, bro, that shot in the trailer where he comes flying and he takes the helmet off. Pierce Brosnan has never looked better. Or when he's like, there's like multiple Dr. Fates all on. Dude. Black Adam going, magic. I like I like the mystic arts, the chaos magic. That looks cool. Cyclone looks kind of cool. Hawkman got bodied by Black Adam, but I don't care. Hawkman could die a thousand deaths and come back. That's kind of his thing. Uh, I thought the trailer was cool. Kind of short. They did say a kind of in a roundabout way that this is the launching point for more justice society projects. I think this is not surprising at all. It seems like while they're getting their crap together for justice league and trying to figure out the direction they go with that of who is doing what they'll go, well, we haven't done anything with justice society yet. Just do that. And I'm going, cool. Jay Garrick, (laughs) Jay Garrick. When, Jake Eric in a sequel along with Alan Scott Green Lantern because as cool as Green Lantern is, I would not mind seeing a grown man in a red long sleeve shirt and ridiculous green cape carrying around a lantern. That would be amazing. The trailer was okay. Not bad. They also said Amanda Waller's in the movie. Cool. Yay? You really Yay? want her to be the Nick Fury, I guess. What did you think <laughs> of the trailer and just the overall presentation from what you have heard with the Black Adam panel, Josh? I mean, it's cool. I mean, coming out as in costume, like absolutely get everybody get everybody hyped. Um, I think the trailer's good. Uh, more getting to see more of the magic and stuff like that. Absolutely, super cool. I 
his con black uh the rock's comment about uh, if he would ever face superman i think is what this all comes down to and why at the end of the day despite dateline lying to us and and not really lying but being misleading Deadline. yeah dateline I, it, is something else oops. <laughs> today Damn, have six, a, yeah, 64 josh, have minutes a seat. <laughs> have a seat josh <laughs> um what no is, no it's a, it's a deadline sorry what's no you're the right thing that chris hansen always says <laughs> we can't say it on the podcast <laughs> i'm so <laughs> glad you got that reference <laughs> oh man uh oh, but Markiplier. like I, I think as cool as the trailer was unfortunately because of deadline uh because of what they said uh a lot of people were just kind like you said it had this cloud over the panel a lot of and a lot of people, including us, were kind of waiting. Like, okay, cool. So, when's we gonna? When are we gonna talk Superman? What are we gonna? What is Henry Covet coming out? What is you know? I'm ready. And then someone, I, I think it was a fan, finally asked him like if he would ever want to fight Superman. And the Rock, in typical Rock fashion, just goes, "Well, you know, I, I think that kind of depends on who's playing Superman." And it was like, oh. "Uh oh." To which there was a lot of people were like, "Oh." But then there was definitely some boos in the crowd too. Mm -hmm. People not responding to that, and then you can that can be interpreted a lot of different ways. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't until I saw another interview, also done by Brandon Davis of ComicBook.com, that he asked The Rock straight up of just like, "Are you talking about Henry Cavill? Some other Superman? What? What's the? I don't think he asked about Henry Cavill. He's just like, what is the current state of Superman?" And The Rock took an uncomfortably long amount of time answering. He just kind of sat there and just, he stood there kind of like really contemplating of like, I know the situation, but I need to be as diplomatic with this as possible, which made me real nervous of, I think the rock wants Henry Cavill back. I just don't think it's signed on the dotted line yet. If at all he is or not. So this like, we had been hearing for a while of like, is Henry come back? Is he not? And there's been just as much evidence on one side as there is on the other side. I think the big frustration that a lot of fans have had with this whole Henry Cavill Superman situation is just the uncertainty. As much mm -hmm. as I love Henry Cavill Superman, if we found out tomorrow that we're moving on from him, we're just rebooting Superman wholesale, yeah, I'll be sad. But at the same time, I'd get that they finally made a decision. It's the fact that they haven't made any decision whatsoever that they're just yeah. like, well we don't know just just make up your mind yeah we'll be pissed in the moment but we'll eventually get over it like people still want ben affleck to come back but a lot of people have fully embraced robert pattinson that's cool that will eventually happen the fact that they've just been nothing they've just been like well it would be cool if he came back like he's asking too much money which that could be true that henry cavill is asking too much money but I don't know. I've never fully got that sense from him. I get more of the sense that he doesn't want to be there for cameos and he want to be there for movies. Yeah, like I, I don't know if I buy the whole the money thing, but it, that could be true. I, I just don't know. So yeah, I the black for what was actually shown, taking about taking out of the picture of what was missing, what was there was cool. Could it have utilized an hour better? Yes. Yes. You took, <laughs> An hour to talk about two movies. You just finished Blue Beetle. You couldn't have shown some concept art of that or 
something with that. Batgirl, I kind of get because they tried to hide literally anything with the Flash, right down to the Shazam trailer showing yes! Flash hiding his face. Um, also, like... early prediction: when the Flash, when Shazam comes out, and they talk about that, they won't actually show the, the heroes in the movie when he's talking about like Aquaman or yeah, Batman. I agree. And if they do, it'll be Michael Keaton's Batman, not Ben Affleck's Batman. Um, I think so too. I think if this movie was coming out after the Flash, that's a super easy edit in that trailer to just put in Michael Keaton's Batman instead. Batgirl, I can understand why they didn't talk about it because you need the Flash to come out before that. Aquaman, it's got its Amber Heard situation, but the fact that we don't have a Fandom coming out later this year, at least as of right now, it basically has DC with their pants down and they look real bad because going into the event, everyone was talking about, all right, well DC might have Henry Cavill. But temper your expectations for Marvel because Marvel will probably announce all their stuff at D23. Marvel just straight up goes, yeah, screw that. We saw DC's schedule. We're going to embarrass them today. Granted, Marvel didn't set the best foot forward, mm-hmm. but they absolutely knocked DC out of the park, which wasn't hard. So they kicked it off with talking about She-Hulk. Josh, <laughs> Josh, it, man. I'm so mad. This has got to be like this is gonna be the only time that you and I like yell at each other because I'm, I'm so mad. Josh that, is gonna take the L here. Oh, oh my god, the biggest of L. Granted, okay, it's not like it's not confirmed, and it is dark, so you can't really see it. You can All see right. it. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> you tra- can see it. So let's <laughs> say so. The She-Hulk trailer is pretty good. I yeah, won't lie. Okay. I like this one a lot better. This trail I thought was a lot better and also integrates the fourth wall breaking a lot mm-hmm. better. Also, there was more of her as a green lawyer, which I like because I I don't know if she's staying green the whole show, like when she's a lawyer, because that was the whole thing with She-Hulk is she can't just swap like Bruce can. But can, can Bruce switch? Because... Yeah, we don't see like him as in his human form anymore. But in Shang Chi, he's Bruce Banner again. So yes. I don't know. Also, can we just get angry, rage-filled Hulk again? Will we ever get angry Hulk again? Uh, no, the, the She-Hulk trailer was good. It gets me more on board. I still don't put this particularly high on my MCU hype list. It looks, it looks fun, but. Knowing us, we're going to make the same mistake with this that we did with Miss Marvel. Go, it looks fine, but it doesn't look like it's going to have big yeah. world impacting decisions until you get to the end of the trailer. In which case, oh. I was going, Oh, I'm making this very special pie for Josh. It's full of crow that he's going to be eating because at the end of it, who shows up but the blind man himself? daredevil making the most flamboyant front flip entrance you possibly can wearing say it with me now folks the mustard yellow and brown costume i said i knew you'd come i rejoice and i saw as soon as i saw that trailer i'm going oh Josh is going to have fun with this. So in our notes, we have a shared Google Doc that we take care of notes. And I texted Josh that Saturday when everything was happening, keeping track of all notes. It's like, hey, 
you see the She-Hulk trailer? He's like, no, I haven't seen it yet. I was like, have you checked the notes? He's like, I don't check the notes until a few days before. It's like, what? Just go down and check the Marvel notes. I wrote down She-Hulk trailer in all caps. Yellow Daredevil. Suck it, Suck Josh. It, Josh. Gosh dang, man. I, I just... Okay. <laughs> I'm so mad. This, this, is re- this is revenge for the oh. static shock announcement. Also, <laughs> also, I was right. Nothing actually did come out with the Superman news. <laughs> unfortunately yeah. i wish you were right on that one though that was so funny when when deadline came out with that article and you were like don't you pull something out of your butt again and i was like i don't know what to tell you bro i'm just that good um but i'm not apparently it's gonna be okay so here's the thing the suit while it is yellow and brown it looks a lot like the netflix suit and i'm not sure how i feel about that part well, well, we're not done talking about Daredevil. I think that Daredevil will be very different in terms yeah. of aesthetics. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. But albeit, the uh, the trailer itself was pretty good. Um, it looks the Daredevil like... part. <laughs> the, the CGI looks a lot better. Um, they, I think they took into account... It was so funny to watch... Um, like, we're making fun of it and whatnot, but then, like, the corridor crew, like, broke it down on YouTube one of their episodes. compression, it sucks. And Trust I was like... Me, I'm well familiar. I was like, whoa, I had never considered that. That's crazy. Okay. Um, also, like, random uh, uh, little side tangent on YouTube compression and stuff. Um, I Mark on Markiplier on Undistractable was talking about how his... Uh, what was it? His videographer uh, for um, In Space like almost broke down and cried when mark told him that most people are going to watch this on the, on their phone <laughs> and he was like no now uh, you know now you know my struggle when i think it was last sports season the company that i worked for was like oh yeah uh some of the players want highlights of like one by one aspect ratio so they can share it on instagram I'm going no <laughs> like people watch People watch stuff on their phone vertically. I'm like, yeah, people that are illiterate video-wise, how do you watch your TV? Do you turn it sideways and mount it on the wall like a freaking mirror? No, it's like a rectangle. It's long ways. It's hot dog. Like, (laughs) how people consume media annoys me. I don't like people. Oh, yeah, say that out loud on record on the podcast that we host. Yeah, that's, that's a great I idea. I don't like people. <laughs> Men, in Black had right. it. Men in Black, the first Men in Black, had it right. A person is smart. People are dumb. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So now that we've gotten past Yellow Daredevil, let's get we into never get past that. all of the stuff that Marvel announced. Um there's a lot of stuff here, and I have an opinion about it. <laughs> There's a lot, and I would say maybe about half of it I'm excited for. So, If that, yeah. So they announced that Wakanda Forever coming out in November, which we'll, we'll circle back to that. Wakanda Forever will be the end of Phase 4. We're already at the end of Phase 4, so yeah, Phase 4 was just as aimless as we all thought it was. It came back and we'll be like, nah, nah, it was, it was part of a big plan. Sure, Jan. Uh, but Phase 4 is now done once Wakanda comes out. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania will be the start of Phase 5. And I'm going, Wow, okay. okay. Uh, and then I think it was 
actually today, director Peyton Reed of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania came out and was like, yeah, Quantumania is going to be a hard right for the series. I'm going, oh, so you better actually have big lasting impacts that you keep teasing us with but don't actually deliver on. Uh, they gave the full lineup for Marvel Phase 5. So here we go. The Phase 5 lineup is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, Secret Invasion, the Disney Plus series, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Echo, the Disney Plus series, Loki Season 2, the Disney Plus series, The Marvels, Blade, Ironheart, the Disney Plus series, Agatha, the Disney Plus series, Daredevil, the Disney Plus series, and Captain America New World Order, with Phase 5 ending with the Thunderbolts movie in 2024. So, Phase 5 is going to be two years? Um, okay. Uh, also, yeah. They, we'll get into it more, but they talked that Phases 4 through 6 will be the multiverse saga. Let's look at these titles again. And see what actually could tie into the multiverse. Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania? Sure. Yeah. We know Kang is the main villain and will probably be the main villain of the multiverse saga. That makes sense. Secret Invasion. Maybe, but by and large, that seems like the scroll invasion, and I don't mm -hmm. think a multiverse. Guardians 3? Probably not, because this has been in development since before Infinity War and Endgame. This has been in the works for a very long time, and it's more or less the Guardians send-off. Echo? No. No. This is street <laughs> level, like Daredevil. Loki Season 2? Absolutely, because yeah, the first absolutely. one was about that. All I need is Owen Wilson riding a jet ski saying, wow, that's literally all I need from Loki Season 2. The rest can be hot garbage, and I'll still walk away happy. The Marvels. Maybe, but I think that sets things up more for Phases 7 and beyond with like the cosmic stuff, maybe tying yeah. in Shang-Chi. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Shang-Chi shows up in the Marvels. Blade. Probably not. Probably tied more <laughs> to the Eternals with the Black Knight and stuff like that. But Blade, still excited for that. Ironheart. Probably not. Probably that's getting, not. That's getting spun out of Black Panther. Agatha. Probably Coven not. of Chaos. I do like the name, though, that they ended yeah. up going with. Coven of Chaos is pretty cool. Daredevil. While I'm excited, doesn't sound multiversal. Captain America New World, New World Order. Maybe. Probably not, but maybe, because then they could bring in Captain Hydra. Or, if you can't get Chris Evans to come back to fight in Captain America New World Order, you can always just get Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan to do Captain America versus get the out of here. Oh, no. Captain America wears the black and white. He doesn't have Bucky at his side. He actually has Sting and DDP, and all everyone that doesn't know wrestling is just going, What? You get a Steve Borden cameo. You get Sting to cameo. Get out of here. I hate you so much. This is how we – it's actually the movie that we find out that there's going to be a, an actual Crow re reboot is from this because of <laughs> – anyway. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of multiverse movies in this Phase 5. Um, also, a very odd amount of Disney Plus shows um, in is comparison to films. Is decision? I guarantee it is. Everything feels and, much more rushed. 
However, I, so I, I'll give them credit, give them this credit, right? Because you and I have always said it is easier to explore the comic book world in in a TV show rather than a bunch of films. And while we love, I love the Infinity the uh, the um, Infinity Stone saga, uh, those first you know twenty odd films, whatever. Uh, to me, there's a lot of stuff that we could have got dived more into had it been a TV show. And so, like, there's a part of me that's like, okay, I'm okay with this. However, that means it's behind a streaming paywall. And I'm not sure. Sh- I don't like that. I really don't like that. Well, okay. I'll say this. It's the only way I'll defend phase, them, like, really rushing phase four through six. Because if you look at it, phase four started what 2021 ish like right after the pandemic and we'll end in 2025 2026 with secret wars which we'll talk about that's like five six years so basically the length of time to do the first two marvel phases you're doing a complete third phase there's a really interesting rationale that i heard from 3c film i talk about him a bit and i think he was on to something here With this being the multiverse, they're clearly setting up different things with Kang being the main villain, but they're also clearly setting up the Young Avengers. What if the end goal for like a Secret Wars or whatever else isn't so much like a crossover with the X-Men or Fantastic Four or the different multiverses like Toby and Andrew as much as that would be cool? What if it's different time periods like the current era of Avengers with like Sam Wilson, Captain America, um, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, that era teaming up with the past version of the Avengers, like Captain America, Iron Man, Black Widow, all of them come back, teaming up with the future Avengers, the quote-unquote young Avengers. And the reason we're rushing everything is so that way the young Avengers are just that. They're still young Avengers. So you get the three different eras potentially coming together maybe with Fantastic Four and everything else. I, I, and hopefully Toby and Andrew, I like that rationale. I don't think that fully explains everything, but I think that could be, yeah. that could be a reason why they're rushing everything. Or the easy answer is that we always like to go with, oh, crack open old reliable. Bob <laughs> Chapek ruins entertainment. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens. I think the big thing for me though is the that Daredevil is going to be 18 episodes, which is the longest Disney show to date. And I'm, God, that's so awesome. Like, way to, like, realize that, hey, you know, like, we could do six, eight-episode series, but then we feel rushed at wrapping up our story. So why not just do 10, 13 and expand it into, oh, look, 18 episodes? Oh, look at that. Staying power? 18 weeks of Daredevil? Oh, let's go. Absolutely. And Netflix is drooling over themselves going, you can have 18 episodes that release weekly? What are you, TV? (laughs) And Disney's going, yeah, get out of the way. We have money. Uh, (laughs) But then, because it's a multiverse, you have Charlie Cox's Daredevil fighting Colin Farrell's bullseye. Say less. I <laughs> Daredevil's not a good movie with Ben Affleck. Colin Farrell's having so much fun as Bullseye. Uh, we talked about, teased it earlier, and I teased Josh with the yellow and the brown suit. I would not be surprised at all if by the end of this Daredevil Born Again show, which 
I know Born Again is a comic run, but also I think it's more symbolic of the character of Daredevil will be rebirthed or born again, so to speak, in the MCU. Like that, I don't know if they'll come out and say, yeah, yeah, this is definitely different from the Netflix, or yes, it is a continuation of Netflix, but they'll kind of skirt around it as much as they can of like this mm-hmm. is its own thing. But I think by the end of the show we get a much closer Daredevil costume to what it is in the comics. Not like the Netflix one, which I'm not a big fan of, but closer to an actual Daredevil costume. I'm not saying full spandex, but while Phase 4 has been spotty quality-wise, I think Phase 4 has been probably the biggest leap forward in terms of accuracy, in terms of costumes on characters. Like They've really made a concerted effort to give people the, the... comic accurate representation like hawkeye finally wearing the purple like where has that been uh looking exactly like the Matt fraction run the sam wilson captain america suit is like the freshest captain america has ever looked and my dearly beloved tom hall and spider-man's homemade suit at the end just Oh, that rustles the jimmies right there. I'm, hey, I, this is not going to be a phrase that you I'm say all the time. I'm bringing back Russell the no, jimmies. It's a no, good phrase. No, it's not a phrase you're bringing back. I, I agree, though. I think we're honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we do lean, if they do lean heavier into the spandex. Uh, I'm really okay with that, honestly. Um, I kind of hope. I hope that he uses them to like his batons i hope he uses them to actually get around i i legitimately want him the final shot if of him actually like swinging swinging around like oh bro bring it on let's go um then you get a jennifer garner cameo at the end don't don't tempt me (laughs) Don't, don't, don't do the don't do that to me uh don't do that um yeah Oh, dude, you know what? I just realized since we're in the multiverse, how great would it be to get a Ben Affleck uh, Daredevil and like in his current state where he's like old, run down, and jacked out of his mind? Let's just say I don't think that's off the table. I agree. Um, I There was some talk with Doctor Strange, but I'm like, I never bought into it. But there's some people saying from the get-go, don't expect it for Doctor Strange, but expect a lot of people for secret wars and going that actually would make a lot of sense but we you know actually have to start building towards that but i yeah i would not mind a grizzled pissed off ben affleck an old ben affleck as daredevil that could be interesting uh then they talked briefly about ant-man and the wasp quantumania they showed some footage but that's not been widely released yet they said kang will be the main villain um he's supposed to be the main huge main villain going forward i wouldn't be surprised if they beat this version of kang and we will get multiple kangs because we've already seen kang and loki and he talked about i'm the good one so obviously there's other kangs out there that did give a description of some of the footage that was shown and there's certain lines and i'm going oh i like this uh supposedly in one of the trailers that some of the footage that they showed ant-man's gloating to kang going i'm an avenger and kang says something along the lines of oh are you one of the ones that i've killed and i'm going Oh, let's oh. go! Like, I oh, imagine like if he has killed thousands upon thousands of Avengers already. Maybe after No Way Home, 
Toby, so inspired, started his own Avengers, and Kang just slaughtered them all. Or an old school Avengers. I like the idea of Kang going, you're just insignificant. You're just a little ant. I've crushed thousands of you. Uh, but You're just a little ant, man. <laughs> if anybody could make that line work, it would be Jonathan Majors. Yeah, absolutely. But they also said that Modoc will be the secondary villain. Cool. I'd very curious to Don't. see how you pull that off in a live action form. Yeah. Bring Ooh. back Patton Oswalt, dang it. I think that would be that'd be great. Yes. Absolutely. I from everything I've heard, there is because didn't they they showed uh I feel like they somebody I heard somebody say that they were bringing back bringing Patton back, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh no, Patton Oswald is already in the MCU, guys. He's Pip in Eternals. Spoiler alert for the end credits of Eternals. You get Pat, oh, that's right. You get Patton Oswald and one of five direction. So there, there's five in that group, right? Yeah, sure. Ah, somebody will correct me. <laughs> Star I Fox, think. but not the kind of Star Fox that I want to see. Um. <laughs> we know. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. It's like, uh, like that's a lot in phase five like that's a lot of content oh, we're not done yet yeah let's then we keep get guardians going. josh you guardians want to talk about guardian stuff uh have you heard some, but like have you heard some of the descriptions of of the footage they showed and some baby, the story rocket. Stuff? baby rocket i'm uh if, if oh, much like what what uh ec3 was saying ec3 no yeah no uh the the guy that we watch i don't remember um anyway you know who I'm talking about. I know you do. Don't look at me that way. No, don't do this. EC3? I know. Is I said Rock- it. I was like, no, that's the wrestler. Hold on. Is Rocket in the top 1% and he's going to get released from the Guardians after not connecting with the audience? Oh, my gosh. Not um, to be even specific. though he was like one of the most like iconic characters. Anyway. Um, in a lower promotion. <laughs> and now he has his own promotion. Um, that's a whole, mm, a whole yeah. other bag of crazy there. Yes. Uh, he, but like some babe seeing baby rocket and how he was created. Super interesting. I'm super down. I will probably, if the things that they were saying were shown, uh, are true, I'm probably going to cry. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens, man. Yeah. They've also said just because it's the end of the line doesn't mean people are going to die. I'm going, um, Drax. Drax is going to die because Batista does not want to be there anymore. Uh, so that's phase five. Then Kevin Feige was like, I know you want more. So the first movie of phase six is Fantastic Four coming November 2024. I'm still a little sad it's not coming out 4th of July 2024, but I was right that it was going <laughs> to come out 2024. They didn't announce any castings or new directors. No, it's not going to be Steven Spielberg, guys. Um, they just said Fantastic Four will be the first movie of Phase 6, which will start the climb to the multiverse saga. I could see Fantastic Four having some involvement with multiverse stuff. I don't know if their movie specifically will be multiverse, but isn't Kang a great, 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 great descendant of Reed Richards? Like Something like that, if I remember right. Something along those lines. So that ties in somehow. However, let's be honest – 
we all know what the story of Fantastic Four is going to be. It's going to be them fighting Mole Man in Subterranea. Like I that's hate you. that's I hate what you so the story's going to be. <laughs> that's just it's, oh it, man. It going to be what it going to be, and then the as, only- look as long as it's not them fighting doc, fighting Doctor Doom again off right off the bat, I think it'll be okay. No, he'll he'll be too busy showing up in something a lot sooner. Yes. If, if hint 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 hint. Uh, but lastly for phase six for what they announced was back to back Avengers movies both in 2025 Avengers the Kang Dynasty which sounds weird to me at least and Avengers Secret Wars Avengers the Kang Dynasty is coming out May 2025 and Avengers Secret Wars is coming November 2025 so in the span of like six or seven months you get two Avengers movies which means Okay, this is a part one and part two, kind of like yep. how you announced <laughs> Avengers Infinity War part one and part two, and then eventually renamed part two Endgame. Endgame. So whether they renamed the Kang Dynasty, I don't know, uh, but they're directly tied together. Um, so whether – I would not be surprised at all if the Kang Dynasty is just that. It's Kang ruling everything. They beat Kang at the end of it, but there's such irreversible damage that the multiverse is completely split open, and the entire multiverse is an incursion. Like, everything's merging into one planet, and they have to figure out how to basically either survive or die. So, it sounds horrible, but anything Marvel that isn't the MCU will be killed. Toby's spider universe, I think, might be a casualty. The original Fantastic Four will be a casualty. Fan Four Stick, we will all stand and rejoice that that universe will be killed off. The Fox X-Men characters could be killed off. Or maybe Secret Wars might reset the entire MCU and we start all over again. Except now we have a, we start a basically rebooted universe with like new Avengers new x-men whatever else and late breaking news like as of the day we're recording this so this wasn't announced at comic-con but it came out today that secret war not secret wars but the avengers the kang dynasty has a director in shang chi's destined daniel cretton which i'm just going oh thank god oh thank god because they said uh, kevin feige said the Russo brothers are not coming back for the Kang Dynasty or Secret Wars. Like they've said that they want, they would love to come back for Secret Wars, but Ken Feige said that that's not it. I love Shang Chi, and I love what Destin Daniel Critton did. I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Um, what he did with Shang Chi of a rather unknown character, and delivering honestly, besides Spider Man, who already had a deep emotional connect connection to my favorite current mcu character after just one movie i loved simu liu in the role i love the ensemble that they assembled aquafina uh, michelle mm-hmm. yo i thought everything just works so well with that that i look forward to the future direction that he brings to the table uh and they've already tasked him to do other stuff he's doing the wonder man show on disney plus you got the shang chi sequel that was mysteriously absent but that could be in phase six somewhere else along with like spider-man and uh, what maybe Thor five, whatever else is on the table, um, that makes me super excited. Josh, you see 
Shang-Chi's director is the one doing the Kang Dynasty. Does that make you any less calm about it, or you still think it's a little worrisome? I mean, I'm still worried because we're doing back-to-back within six months to Avengers films after a absolute gauntlet of Disney Marvel content. So I... I'm going to stay worried about this until I actually see all this stuff. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I do think it's a, it's a, uh, a shining hope of potential. Um, but yeah, I'm, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Uh, you and I both know that just because a director works really, really well on one project doesn't necessarily mean that all of their projects are going to be gold. Oh, so um, uh, anything that the Russos have done since leaving the MCU. Uh, yeah, so it's we'll see what happens. I, I'm I'm still nervous. To me, I didn't like. I will get to the to the tr- the final trailer that we want to talk about today. But um, the to me the Marvel panel was the most was somehow more worrisome than the DC panel for me because they were like hey we have all this stuff because we have to announce it because the pat the licensing panel uh patents got uh leaked so now we That's might as well exactly say something what it was, yeah. yeah so we 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 gotta we gotta say something now um this is a lot of stuff to pack into like two three years and to me for me it'd be like so are all of these projects already in the works because if you've got stuff that's going to come out and um two years from now that's got it you've already contacted those actors there's and have directors for those films there's no way that you're just like all of a sudden announcing them now for two years from now and then don't have any plans i don't i'm just worried about it i i i know we we marvel doesn't really have any reason before phase four we had no reason to worry about Marvel and their, and we didn't think they they could make any wrong steps, but um, phase four has been kind of rocky. So uh, we'll see, man. I don't know. I think, yeah, the proper judge of it will be after D23. This is a very important D23. I think D23 is where they'll announce phase six's lineup, which is good. It makes sense. You don't show everything at Comic-Con. Show phase five at Comic-Con, show phase six, at D23, because that's where Fantastic Four is. It's probably where they'll announce Fantastic Four stuff. Wouldn't be surprised if they have a Mutants announcement in Phase mm-hmm. 6. Um, some other casting stuff. But yeah, it's... Yeah, it, I don't know. It's a lot packed into a very small amount of time. And maybe there's some big plan. Or maybe it's just JPEG again, because he's an easy scapegoat going... We need to hurry stuff up. Actors aren't getting any younger. We don't have another 10 years to build to to end game. Um, so I don't know. The panel closed out with the Black Panther Wakanda Forever panel where they kind of they showed the trailer, but they also just almost they had like a good time because it was definitely a heavy emotional scene to be had. But it was them celebrating the life of Chadwick Boseman and talking about how much they wanted to honor him in the project. Then they released the trailer and it's a difficult movie Mm -hmm. anyway, because of his passing and a very delicate thing to be had. And given how delicate the situation is, 
I thought the trailer really, really delivered. Uh, yeah, it gets absolutely. Up front, right off the bat, of just, yeah, this is going to be a very emotionally heavy movie, but we're trying to do it with as much reverence and respect as Chadwick deserves. But we, we are going to keep going on because that's what his what he would have wanted. I know some people are going, they shouldn't have killed off T'Challa. Uh, they should have just recast. I, it's tough either way. With a multiverse, you could eventually recast and bring in a different T'Challa from a different universe. I know some people are like, well, what if in another universe, Killmonger is T'Challa? I'm going, that feels a little icky. That yeah. said, don't rule out Killmonger entirely from this movie, I don't think. Um, yeah. But you open with that no woman, no cry. You get this beautiful shot of the uh, people in all white, like celebrating the life. Uh, that's kind of how I interpreted it. I'm sure that's what it was. Uh, but then the part that I was the most on the fence about going into this trailer was one of my favorite parts about this trailer. How they chose to go about Namor the Submariner. Mm. I had heard going into it that they were going to change up his look and move away from traditional white guy in a speedo or winged feet to more of a Mayan approach. I'm going, okay, that's interesting. I just don't know how that will play. Dude looks awesome. He looks like a warrior, like straight up. He's got the cool headpiece, but then he's going into battle and going, that looks like someone I'm not going to mess with. But I think we're going to have a Batman versus Superman situation here of like, they're going to, the two nations are going to fight each other and then, obviously team up to fight somebody worse they've also said that they are not referring to it as atlantis they're going to call it something else because aquaman comparison that's another reason yeah. why, why they shifted to more of a mayan heritage i love the aesthetics this movie's presenting i think the mayan looks stuff looks really cool i think wakanda is already one of the most beautiful places in the mcu i loved and i'll say at the same time it broke my heart into a thousand pieces the part with uh, Angela Bassett's character of I have lost my entire family and yet I am still ruling the greatest country in the world or something to that effect and just going oh that's that's tough and of course the question is not fully answered in the trailer of who is Black Panther who will be the new Black Panther but it leaves you enough on a tease and reassurance of there will be a new Black Panther at the end, but it doesn't give you definitive answers. But, but, but it, it kind of does give you some answers. Yeah. Some context clues. <laughs> Josh, what do you think of the Wakanda Forever trailer? I love this trailer. Um, I agree. Like, they, there's a lot of, like, really tricky emotional hurdles that they're going to have to deal with. And I think, thankfully... A lot of the the Marvel fans seem to be on board and be understanding. Like, hey, we understand this is a tough thing to, that you're going to have to do. Um, we're here for you. Um, first of all, beautiful visuals. I, I don't know if uh, it would have been possible for a movie to be more beautiful than both uh, Black Panther one and um, Shang Chi, but like. Gosh, this 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 movie is gorgeous. I can I don't know how I'm gonna be able to deal with it. It's so beautiful. Um, the change of Namor into something more Mayan um, somehow makes him more terrifying. Um, I don't know. I I really hope they don't warmonger this or Ronin this, where he just kind of 
this is the only movie he's in uh because even just from the look alone i want more of this character um no, I absolutely anti-hero territory after i agree in the comics I, I which i completely i'm completely okay with he'll start carving um, on sue storm uh, i'm not okay with which would be interesting if if we get a little some nods to to uh to storm in this film uh because she is a, a god in that area technically so we'll i don't s- think that'll be the the fox character that shows up no 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 I, oh, oh i know i agree but uh but still i wouldn't be surprised if if there's some hints to that here um out of the the there's a lot of really weird visuals in here as well uh obviously shuri gets pregnant so i'm not sure not shuri not shuri shuri is the younger sister yeah i thought it was her that in from the trailer i'll have to rewatch it but it looks like it's her nakia. who gets pregnant nakia oh. is probably pregnant okay not shuri okay I was that's like a, that. Th- I was trying to wrap my brain around that. Like, movie. how is that going to work? That's a very different movie. <laughs> Nakia could potentially be pregnant with T'Challa's offspring. That mm-hmm. offspring, child, that could potentially. That is something that's being floated around. I could see that. That eventually they become the ruler of Wakanda. But let's be real. This trailer, at least to me confirm that shuri's the new black panther yeah oh absolutely because that figure at the end seemed a bit more slender um but that actually was not the thing that gave it away for me um like george lucas with star wars sometimes you do poetry that rhymes you've got similar shots i hate i hate, I hate this whole bit when <laughs> you see in a trailer that shuri is going to um Ironheart for new gear and echoing the shot of when T'Challa would go to her for more gear. And I think that's like a visual passing of the torch of like you mentally will link the two together. Uh, And also like Shuri replaces T'Challa in the comics. So I think that was always going to be their plan, but it would have been their plan like 10 years from now like how yeah. they really taking their time with sam wilson becoming the new captain america they didn't just do it overnight but i think due to real circumstances they've had to speed up that timeline so i think she's the new black panther but will be just black panther like yeah I she won't be like princess or anything like, like nakia that. and imbaku could be the rulers for now like trading off better yet what I could also see is the title gives it away completely. Black Panther, Wakanda forever. The people of Wakanda in various stages throughout the movie are Black Panther. So maybe you get a couple scenes of Mbaku in the Black Panther suit. Maybe see Shuri in the Black Panther suit. Maybe see Naki in the Black Panther suit. I think that would be a really cool, I don't want to say like V for Vendetta type moment, but like people unifying maybe mm-hmm. in a final battle all in black panther suits we are wakanda forever hmm. yo so so nathan i'm curious if you don't think namor's the villain who do you think is the villain one of namor's enemies like oh 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 does that does that person have a name do you want to go out and uh, go out here and uh, actually uh yeah let me, call this let me, now let me google it uh namor the submariner 
villains. Because I don't think we're on the same page here, Josh. Yeah, uh, I think it's Atuma. The, there's a blue, he's like blue with horns. And, you know, also, he's in the trailer. You're full of crap. There's no way. No, like, I, I think it is, actually. Oh, okay. All right. That's, well, uh, one, yeah, because he's in the trailer. Two, because we have actual toy leaks. Oh, dang. It's okay. not Dr. Doom. It's going to be Dr. Doom. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm not 100% convinced either Either way. Um, I, I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if they lean it. hard on – I wouldn't be surprised if they lean hard on Namor, but that's – I'm I'm kind of down for whatever at this point. I'm just happy that this movie is being made at this point. Yeah, I'm, it's it, it's a Tuma. Or better yet, some of you who know my sense of humor will know where I'm going with this. I hate cast this. Arnold Schwarzenegger to just pop up Grand uh, Admiral Akbar style. It's not a Tuma. <sighs> I'm going to sit on this one. I'm going to sit on this. This is like, this is like the, the, I feel like um, Dustin's friends when he makes the water. Watergate. <laughs> Guys, get water... it. Watergate. Ah, ah. Is... Wow. When did Steve get so hairy? I know, <laughs> right? I keep telling him. He's <laughs> and Max is like, hold on. Let me see. Wait, why? <laughs> Any Love other big that. takeaways from the Marvel panel or Comic-Con in general, Josh? Um, honestly the rise of the fantasy like let's go let's get our swords and our elves and our our dragons let's absolutely do get this done um so what you're saying is uh, is this the real life or is it a is fantasy? it this fantasy uh no what i am gonna say DC though got is caught in a landslide uh, and no escape um, from reality i'm still worried about marvel i know i've said it oh, already yeah. on this pod i but i think this panel honestly makes me more worried for them um throwing more content at us at a time like more content at the same time to me is not the answer to the to your issues but who knows maybe we we guess we'll see from here on out um i am expecting some sort of announcement from dc at some point here in the next couple months excuse me as far as maybe they'll have like a joint uh like event with discovery or something like that but i mean discovery doesn't really announce their shows like this so i don't know we'll see we'll see what discovery and dc end up doing but it'll be interesting to say the least i'm, I'm excited to me it was just nice to have comic con back in person and actually have an event and actually have trailers that like oh guys stuff was announced and we as the people who didn't get to go be like oh man i wish i could have been there to see that to, to see what they put they, they put up on the screen yeah granted we weren't there but it's it is so cool like refreshing social media to see what new stuff has dropped mm -hmm. like the anticipation granted it didn't like fully deliver at least to us there was still some interesting stuff but unfortunately we kind of are in that age now where we kind of know things ahead of time like josh said the a lot of the avengers stuff got leaked ahead of time whether you were seeking it out or not it just kind of came out in the ether um but what'd you guys think was there any like big takeaways that you got from san diego comic-con this year where there are things that you really liked things you didn't uh any big surprises that you were really blown away by let us know down in the comments below ways like came from you guys and as always, if you like what you're hearing and want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And if you haven't already subscribed to us on YouTube, help us get to 700 subscribers before the end of the year. And as always, 
stay sharp with you guys and gals.